family. This is Shannon Jackson, the People's Nurse. Thank you for tuning in today. And I have a special guest that is going to be joining me. None other than Dr. Charlie Seltzer as we talk about colorectal cancer and things we can do to prevent it. Stay tuned. Wake up everybody, let's elevate your mind. Live your life without limits, no more wasting time. Once again, family, please join me with my special guest today, none other than Dr. Charlie Seltzer. How you doing, Doc? I am lovely, Shannon. Please call me Charlie. Thank okay, you for having me on the so show. Much. I am honored to have you. And it is a privilege. You have done so much in the body of your work. And today we're going to be focusing on National Colorectal Cancer Awareness, which is the month of March. And um, you have a lot that you can contribute on this based on your background. And I'm just honored to have you be on here with us today. So for people that may not know about this dreadful disease, I did some research on it. And according to the database, it says the March is the month of not only National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, but in 2020, it is estimated over 151,000 people will be diagnosed with this preventable disease. So my question is, for those that may not know, what causes colorectal cancer? So basically any cancer is an uncontrolled growth of cells. So there's a transition where cells in the colon, which is the last part of your intestine, um, become from, they go from healthy to being precancerous to becoming cancerous. Um, usually these are in the form of polyps, which are, detectable before they turn into cancer, which is why screening is so important. Um, there are risk factors associated with it, but once you have the, um, once you have that change in DNA from being healthy to being cancerous, those wheels are set in motion, um, which is why it's so important to be screened for this disease, which is curable at the early stages, but deadly if not found. Mm -hmm. Now, some of the common signs and symptoms, what do people need to watch for? Because when everyone hears cancer, you know, everybody freaks out. Right. And um, I was kind of alarmed to see how it's rapidly growing. And in the cancer awareness site that they had for this month, they were saying it's, a lot of it is preventable. I, I think one of the most important things to, to know is that sometimes there are no symptoms, which is why it's so important to be screened appropriately. Um, the things to look out for would be any persistent change in your bowel habits. So, you know, if you start getting chronic diarrhea or chronic constipation, um, changing the caliber of your stool, anything related to your um, going to the bathroom that's different than it was before. There can also be some abdominal pain, weight loss, blood in the stool, um, overall fatigue, depending on the extent of the disease. Um, if it were to spread into other areas of the body, then you could see symptoms coming from um, cancer infiltrating those organs, like abnormal liver tests, if it goes there, for example. Um, but those are the things to kind of look out for. But again, keeping in mind that someone might not have any of those symptoms until the cancer is well advanced or treatment becomes much more challenging. That's what's the scary part about it right yeah. there, right? And then what is the age that most people should start getting pre-screened? So 
The recommendations were actually recently changed from 50 years old to 45 to reflect the increasing incidence of colon cancer in the younger population. Um, mm -hmm. However, some people need to be screened even earlier than that. And those are people with genetic conditions like Lynch syndrome, um, which could predispose you to getting colorectal cancer. Um, people who have inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's or ulcerative colitis often need to be screened before that. Um, and then people who've had a first degree relative tend to be screened earlier um, than the 45. So depending on your situation, but if you have no history of colon cancer um, and are just going into this in a preventive sense, it'll be 45 now versus 50 where it was a couple of years ago. Right, exactly. 50 was a couple of years ago. Do you find that in the research you're saying it's more men than women or it's really not a... That I don't know the answer to. I'd have to okay. check my epidemiology. Okay. Sorry, Shannon. All right. No worries about that at all. But, but when it says preventable with that, now I know you have a practice in the area of nutrition, weight loss, health and wellness kind of talk to us about that because it's it, there's an interlinking with all diseases right, right? better is so, it's chronic or something that acute happens that just keeps going back to the basis of our body being more healthy right so i mean if you look at specifically the risk factors for colon cancer they're also risk factors for a whole bunch of other things exactly so being sedentary or not exercising, eating a diet low in fiber, low in fruits and vegetables, excessive alcohol use, smoking, being overweight. All of these things are what we call, all of these things, excuse me, what we call modifiable risk factors, meaning things that you can change versus a non-modifiable risk factor, which be a genetic syndrome or having a relative who's had colon cancer. But the things that we can do today or tomorrow to decrease our likelihood of getting colon cancer all involve just being healthier in general, making sure that your body fat percentage is low, eating fruit and vegetables, moving, not smoking, not drinking excessively. You know, things that you could argue should be done anyway will also prevent the, um, or make it less likely that you're going to develop this horrible illness. Well said, doctor, but talk to me about what can we do? Because it's something that you said that health clinicians, educators, practitioners been saying forever, and yet we as society won't change. Well, what can we no, do I think, to get sustainable changes? Right. So us get us I mean, look, it, it's all going to come back to weight. We know that being overweight puts you at risk for so many different things. Um, that the first order of business, I would say, before anybody worries about anything else, aside from not smoking or not drinking a fifth of Jack every day, would be to maintain a healthy body weight. Um, and I think one of the reasons that people don't do it or don't even try is because the recommendations from the government are so daunting. I think that they're going, I think the government's going about it wrong. I mean, when you take somebody who has two kids and a job or two and a lot of stress in their life and tell them they need to exercise 60 minutes a day, six times per week, they're going to say, forget that. Like, I can't do that. And then just give up. Um, you know, I think that changing the paradigm um, to something that's more manageable for an average person. Like we know it works on paper. We know that eating more fruit and vegetables and less processed foods, et cetera, works on paper. But in reality, if someone's got kids and they're coming home, um, are they really going to finish a nine hour shift and cook organic chicken breast and fresh vegetables? You know, maybe not. So having a more realistic approach as to how somebody can lose weight, I think is warranted um, as evidenced by the fact that 99% of people who attempt to lose weight these days fail. 
um, because I would say that the plan is wrong 100% of the time. Um, the people who succeed are going to be outliers. So then the question is, well, how do you get people to lose weight in a sustainable fashion? That's a million yeah. dollar question. Um, yeah. In my experience, Shannon, weight loss is the only area in life where people don't naturally pick the path of least resistance. In every other area of life, we're looking for the easiest way to get from point A to point B. But I see this day in and day out of my practice, people try to make it more complicated. If somebody eats a bag of pasta every day, they will try to not eat carbohydrates starting tomorrow. Like, good luck on that working in the long run if you're used to eating pasta every day for the past 30 years. You know, simply eating less of it is going to work. It's like if you get a scratch on your car, you don't buy a new car, you buff out the scratch. If you can make a small change that does not involve changing your habits, it's going to get your weight down. Your likelihood of success is a lot higher. I love this because it's just what you're saying. How are you going to get somebody who's been doing something for years one way to just stop? It's not realistic. Right. So and, I love that you talk about this. Yeah, and, you know, not having to make broad, like, recommendations. Like, I don't envy the government having to make recommendations that apply to everybody. When I'm working with an individual person, like, I, I'm not against diet soda. If diet soda is going to save somebody four or 500 calories every day and allow them to lose 20 pounds, that's something that I would recommend somebody do. Um, whereas I don't think that the government necessarily can recommend that everybody switch over to diet soda. I just think there'd be a ton right. of backlash on that. Right. Um, but you know, when you look at the evidence, we know that there are theoretical risks to pretty much everything, but the risks of being overweight are not theoretical, they're proven. So when you've got that risk, you know, depending on the data you look at, someone who's overweight is a 50 to 100% chance of premature death. It makes sense to fix that first. And if that means doing things that might not be ideal from a you know, fantasy land standpoint, it makes sense to me because there's a difference between you know, working in theoretical land and actually having to deal with real people with real lives and real stress. Well said, because that's reality. And especially when you have single parents coming and like you saying, doing so much, they're tired and to eat healthy is expensive. There's the cost issue without question. I mean, <laughs> it's just... I mean, you go, gas is high right now, but right. groceries is higher. And the healthier you want to eat in the quality stores, you're paying a lot of money for little right. things just right. to try to change diet. Yeah. And when you look at it, the, the people who, you know, when you look at the data, there tends to be socioeconomic um, correlation between being overweight um, and lower socioeconomic statuses. And when you have, you know, that, when you have that, um, and you're trying to eat healthier or more nutritiously and it becomes expensive, it's problematic. So I think that, that I really think that we need to look for another solution. You know, obviously it'd be great to change the, the world from the, from the bottom up, but like, what can we do tomorrow to get people in better health? Um, and I don't necessarily think that involves going from eating Fritos to getting fresh organic vegetables. Cause again, it's just not going to happen. It doesn't happen. We try, it doesn't. Um, but to get someone who's eating a bag of Fritos every day to cut it back to a half a bag of Fritos and lose 20 pounds, they're going to be better off than trying to eat fresh organic fruit and vegetables, but not being able to do it either due to availability or cost or convenience or lifestyle. So in wrapping this up with a bow for somebody that's out there right now and saying, I'm that person, I'm, I'm, I'm that person doc, where I'm just not going to give up the chips. And I don't have the money to pay for a gym. I'm on a fixed income. 
what would you leave as the takeaway for the audience on what things they can do if they didn't have a lot of money to create a customized plan for themselves to get them so, healthier for preventing hopefully without we're reducing their risk but right. not only colon cancer but just chronic conditions right diabetes say. heart disease exactly. stroke exactly you know, a million different kinds of cancer exactly so, um i tell everybody to do the same thing in the beginning okay if you eat fewer calories than you burn you will lose weight no one can debate that. fewer calories um the question is how can you do that so what i ask everybody to do is i like my fitness pal it's an app where you can track your calories online mm -hmm. i have everybody track their food for two weeks without changing anything let's just see what you eat okay. and then you can weigh yourself over that two-week period of time to figure out what your calorie number is so let's say somebody steps on the scale at the beginning of this two-week trial period and they weigh 180 pounds they average 2500 calories per day and at the end of that two-week period they still weigh 185 pounds well they need to go lower than that 2000 calories what they can do is now go back into my fitness pal and say what's the minimum amount i would need to change from what i did over the past two weeks to get me into that calorie deficit so you look for things that don't involve changing habits because let's be real like changing habits is challenging and it's hard and if someone is in the habit of eating something right before they go to bed it's a lot easier just to make sure that bedtime snack fits within their overall calorie budget than trying not to do it because over the long run they are going to do it so it's not worthwhile to fight that it's hard so piggybacking off of existing habits but making lower calorie choices or more accurately picking and choosing where you want your calories to go mm -hmm. like if you want a fast break bar every night before bed that's fantastic if your caloric requirement is 1700 just make sure that it fits within that 1700 calories a day so you know being able to look at how you behave predicting that behavior and then manipulating things that don't involve taking away things that you like is the best way for long-term success and it's a more cost-effective way of doing things too and my fitness pal is free okay and how can we get access to that it's just a free app you just download it on the app store um and you can start tracking your calories today All right. and you know it's a pain in the butt but it's the only way that you're going to be able to eat the way you want to eat and still lose weight because once you add, once you introduce foods that most Americans eat, we lose our internal ability to regulate the intake. Like you can't overeat chicken breast. Like you're going to get sick before you consume enough calories from chicken breast in order to cause weight gain. But that's not the case with potato chips. It's not the case with soda. So being able to have an external regulator on that goes a really long way to making sure that you're still able to eat that stuff because that's what people eat, um, but stay within the calorie deficit that's necessary and required for weight loss. Doc, I'm deviating a little bit here, but I would love for us to do a co-fitness challenge with you and get the Living Your Life Without Limits team on so we can have that and really watch people get engaged with you kind of leading the ham of that. So I got to have a follow up with you offline to see if we can do something. Like that. I think it would be great I'm because what it. you're talking about is reality. And if we can create some, you've probably already done millions of these, but uh, if we can create some kind of fitness challenge that uses your app where we can get people involved, because this is real. People don't change habits that they've had for a long time. But at the same time, if it's something that's practical and realistic and they can have that that they really enjoy, why not? Right. 
It's just, it's all about planning. It's anticipation and planning. If you, if every Wednesday night you eat McDonald's, well, chances are you're gonna eat McDonald's next Wednesday night. You might schedule chicken breast and broccoli, it's probably not gonna happen. And maybe it'll happen for a week or two, but not over the long run. So going back to those behaviors, allowing for them, predicting them and staying within that calorie number is that's how people are successful in weight loss. Wonderful. What is a final thought you want to leave with the viewer and listening audience? If you had one thing you wanted them to take from this conversation today, and as I said, it's colon cancer awareness month, but just being healthy overall. Right. So let's do two thoughts. Number one is get get screened appropriately. If you're 45, get screened for colon cancer. If you've got an issue that makes you need to get screened earlier, do it earlier, but be on top of that because this is a curable cancer if it's found early enough, but can kill you if it's not. Secondly, being overweight kills you prematurely. So do what you need to do within reason and without doing anything stupid to not be overweight. And it's really that simple. Excellent. I love it. So tell us how we can reach you. If we oh, want to get um, any consultation, you can, your uh, website. You can always go to my website. It's www.drseltzerweightloss.com. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram um, at drseltzerweightloss.com. And you can always call the office, 215-279-8376. Get in touch. We do coaching all across the country. Um, Medical stuff is from Pennsylvania, where my license is. Mm -hmm. Um, But we can, you know, I, I work with clients all across the country to help get them, you know, in a good spot to be able to lose weight by doing a practical approach, which is what we just talked about. Excellent. I love it. Well, there you have it, family, from none other than Dr. Charlie Selsa, who is dropping some major knowledge to us today of how to not only uh, be preventable as it comes to colorectal cancer, but overall being more healthier by managing our lifestyle and having a healthier weight. Thank you once again, Dr. Selsa, for being thank with you so me much today. For me on. And thank you, the viewers and listening audience, for tuning in. And as I often sign off, remember to love yourself, take care of yourself, because guess what? You are absolutely worth it. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you next week.